podcast i'm jd you know me from hawk hater tv on youtube and i am one of a three-man team looking to bring news to the faithful from the faithful this is our first episode here on the forever faithful podcast and we want to welcome everybody across the globe every niner fan every faithful every empire member that is out there to this podcast this has been a long time coming the three of us here, myself, JD with Hawk Hater TV, my boy JP, a.k.a. Frisco, and 49er Tone are here to bring the news to the faithful each and every week on a variety of platforms. Uh, first, we want to go get into a little bit of an introduction of ourselves. Uh, I'll go first. I'm JD. On YouTube, you know me at, at Hawk Hater TV, and uh, I have a background in sports journalism. I have interviewed players in, in various sports. Uh, you know, I, I bring a, a little bit of that media perspective to things. Uh, I've been making videos on YouTube since 2009, and uh, I've been wanting to do a project like this for a really long time. And, and these guys with me, 49er Tone and JP, also known as Frisco, are, are two of my really good friends. And I feel like the three of us together are, are going to be the perfect storm of 49er fandom, analysis, and, and, and just outright passion for this football team. And I'm really excited to see what is going to happen with, with this podcast moving forward as we get closer to the season. It's going to be a hell of a season here in 2018. And you know that the Forever Faithful podcast will bring it to you like no other. With that, I want to throw it to my man, JP. JP, man, uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. What's up, everybody? Uh, JP, aka Frisco. I've also been on YouTube as long uh, along with JD. Um, shoot, I've been on there. I first started way back in I think 2008. Uh, started making videos um, and just just maybe like silly videos and whatnot. But you know, I was reporting on my Niners. I was giving stats and and uh, and that's how I came across you know um, these two guys, JD and and 49er Tone. Um, and we met up at games and stuff and. We had season tickets, uh, section five, row twenty-three. Um, so these are these are my good friends. They know they know just as much as I do about football um, and about about our nine about our Niners. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's definitely something I'm excited about. This podcast is something that, like JD was saying, something that I wanted to do for a long time as well. And uh, to finally put it in motion, it's uh, 
it's exciting. And, it, and what a perfect time, too. I mean, you know, excited to do this, excited for the Niners football season, Jimmy G and, and the rest of the crew. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, stay tuned. Um, hopefully I'll throw a nice little edit video together so you guys can, um, you guys can check that out. But, but no, I'm excited. And let's uh, board Niner Tone. What do you think? You want to do a little introduction? Hey, what's going on, man? It's your boy, 49er Tone, making this podcast with my brothers, JD and JP. Um, as far as video making, been making videos since 2009, just like JD. Um, remember watching videos on YouTube back in the day, watching JP on Frisco Fitted TV, and he inspired me to want to do videos as well. And I had no kind of information on how to make videos and I kind of just, you know, just got a camera, press record and then uploaded it. Um, but he inspired me to making videos and I continue to make videos now. Um, but I got together with these guys who we've been to so many games together, tailgated so many times together, uh, communicated, you know, even outside of football, communicated. These are my really good friends. And, you know, we're here to, you know, show our passion uh, for our 49ers and talk about the 49ers and, you know, give uh, give the faithful something to listen to, you know, like JD said, by the faithful, for the faithful, and that's what we're all about, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, very excited. All right. Well, you know, guys, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm you know, even though this is a podcast and we're supposed to be talking, I'm a little bit speechless. Like, I, I'm happy that this is finally happening and, you know, I, I couldn't have two better co-hosts, you know, with me on this. Uh, this is something a long time in the making. I mean, nine, ten years in the making. And I'm really excited to see where things go with this. Uh, we're looking forward to bringing you guys content each and every weekend. As long as there is Niner news to talk about, we will talk about it. And uh, with that, I want to bring you guys into first down. All right, first down, we want to talk about the biggest news that is floating out there in the world of the San Francisco 49ers. And if you don't, if you haven't heard this news, you must be living under a rock. Reuben Foster officially charged with multiple felonies in that domestic violence case with his girlfriend. Uh, allegedly, Reuben Foster, he, he dragged her out of the apartment after punching her in the head eight to ten times. If you read through the reports, if you look at the charges, it's not a good look for Ruben. It, it, it's it's kind of despicable, honestly. It, it, but, you know, with that said, it is a legal process. They can say anything. They can charge Ruben with anything. They can accuse Ruben of doing anything. But it's a legal process, and I'm going I'm to keep saying that as we talk about this topic, because there are some people who feel that the Niners should cut ties with Ruben altogether right now. After, you know, Ruben gets busted for weed in Alabama earlier in the offseason, and, and, and now this, there's people that have already had enough with Ruben Foster. In my opinion, there is no way you release Ruben Foster right now. I, I can't justify that because, again, it's a legal process. You have to let 
the legal process and the letter of the law play out before you can make a decision like that. That is a franchise-altering decision. And to cut Reuben Foster before you know the outcome would be irresponsible on the part of the San Francisco 49ers. There is, there is no way I can wrap my mind around the 49ers releasing Reuben at this point. Because if you look at the Niners' history, just last year, they cut Tremaine Brock after he had domestic violence allegations. They cut him the day after that news was released. But what happened a month later? Those charges were dropped. And Tremaine Brock is playing in the league right now. So if we were to cut Reuben Foster before the trial is, is, is completed and then those charges get dropped and Reuben is a free man and Reuben is, is quickly you know picked up by another team, you already know Reuben Foster is going to be a baller no matter where he goes. So you got to let this legal process play out before you cut Reuben. And that's my two cents. JP, what do you think, man? No, I totally agree, man. I, you have to you have to let the the legal uh, aspect play out and, and and everything going on. But I I, I kind of sympathize with with the people, um, uh, all the Niner fans saying, you know, you need to cut ties with Ruben Foster. And and I think I think what they're preaching is is consistency. So as you said, as you mentioned, you know, we cut, you know, um, Tremaine Brock, you know, the day after the report came out that he was um, uh, uh, got arrested for assault. Um, and I think if you even going a little bit farther back, I think we did the same thing with, um, uh, Ray McDonald, although I think that process was a little drawn out. Um, I know we held on to him for a little bit and then we finally cut him. Um, but you know, I, I think that's where these people are, are coming from. I think they really want to see consistency on the, on the side of the Niners and, and, and get rid of them off the bat. I mean, you could say the same thing with Alden Smith, but then again, that's the same thing with, uh, you know, uh, Ray Ray. Uh, that was kind of a drawn-out process when we finally got rid of Alden Smith, which is a, it's a whole other topic at the moment. He's <laughs> that's that's a bit crazy, but um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, JD. I, I totally think you need to let the legal process play out um, and 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 see what happens. Um, it, this is a guy that you know we traded up um, from the second round into the first round um, to to pick up. Um, and it'll be kind of hard to just cut ties with him straight away, especially seeing him on the field and, and the potential that he had. I know, I know that's not really something to think about as you know, his, his young girlfriend is getting beat up and stuff, but it's a business move. You know, this, this is a business. You have to, you know, weigh your options and, and, and see what's coming uh, around the corner. So um, it, I guess it's just a wait and pro wait and see. Uh, I was reading, so I was reading an article saying, you know, um, this that was this uh, report that was brought out by uh, the DA's office um, that uh, you know the Niners probably already knew this information way back when the incident happened. When the incident happened, they had um, Ruben Foster come in, sat down with John Lynch and and Coach Shanahan, and I'm sure he he let it out and let let them know what what was going on and what happened, the whole situation. So uh, I would be surprised if this is the first time the 49ers are actually hearing this news. Um, straight from the the press release from the DA's office, so I'm not sure um, that the nine if the Niners you know did see that and you know released them um, back then, then uh, they didn't. So 
Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. It's, 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 I guess it's a double-edged sword, what to do or whatnot, but, uh, the kid has talent. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you, what's your thoughts, Tom? Well, I, I will say this, um, as far as the Ruben Foster thing, what he, um, is being accused of is totally despicable. Um, as a man, I have no respect for, um, that's just something you don't do. Um, and, and the brutality of, uh, the details from the press release was just mind blowing, um, in, in, in my eyes, but as far as, uh, what the 49ers should do, 49ers should basically keep all options open and you're getting a lot of pressure from, um, the media especially the local media and Killian as, as one of them, I, I, I've read her article. Um, you're getting a lot of, uh, pressure from the fans, you know, with this day and age of social media, everybody has an opinion and it's rapid and it's right there. So the pressure, what the 49ers should do, everybody is hearing it and seeing it, uh, that they should cut this man. And also the thought of the 49ers, keeping these players and it all started with under the Jim Harbaugh era where we had multiple players run-ins with the law and they were still playing on the field on Sunday. So people still have that in the back of their minds that the 49ers find this behavior acceptable. What I worry about is Jed York feeling that pressure, understanding that pressure and just making a rash decision. And he hasn't yet. And I give him credit for that. You have to let the whole situation play out. You have to. Uh, there's been multiple times, not even in sports, just in regular life, where you get charged with something and it turns out that it was false. Not saying he did it, and I'm not saying he did not do it, but the 49ers' uh, plan should be to just let it play out and then make a decision. If he turns up guilty, you got to do what you have to do. Uh, that, that, that's something that shouldn't be tolerated at all. And when he is found guilty, he will be, uh, you know, he'll get his time. But if he doesn't, the 49ers would have made a decision. He would have, he, he, he would have been free of his charges, gone from the 49ers and, you know, finish his career somewhere else. And this type of talent for this organization, you don't want to take that chance. As far as the, the Brock thing uh, last year, you guys brought up, absolutely, I agree. They, they cut him the, the next day. I thought they should have just waited. I, it was a surprising news to me. But to me, that move felt like Lynch and Shanahan knew what they had, and they were just like, you know what? Even if he's innocent, we don't need him. They're just an excuse to get rid of him and make uh, another roster space. So as far as Ruben Foster goes, man, I love him as a football player. Um, but you have to go ahead and make him, uh, let him, you know, finish his legal process, make that decision after, and actually prepare for the 2018 season without him, regardless if he's a 49er or not, you have to, whether it's a suspension coming, whether it's injuries. I mean, how many times have we seen Ruben Foster check out of a game for a play or two? this past season this guy he has he has he he hasn't showed he has a full nfl body yet 
So regardless, you have to make plans to either get that depth or to replace them. So I think the 49ers should just keep all options. So I agree with you guys. Um, I, I just think it, it's just this society today is just so quick to blame somebody is innocent until proven guilty and let the man have his day in court. And like I said, if he is guilty, then you got to do what you got to do because it was completely despicable. But if he is innocent, then maybe we can give him a chance. Uh, maybe we can uh, uh, provide some kind of, uh, you know, big brother, um, you know, help him out like a big brother, you know, put him in a program, uh, have 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 a, a, a mentor, follow him around. But, you know, hey, guys, we know that cutting Naval Bowman was a mistake this past year. And I, I said it, and I know you guys felt the same way. It, it was just a quick decision. It's the one thing I would say is a knock on this regime. And, and, I, and I love this regime so far. I, I love what they've been doing. I love the moves. I love the trades. I, I love what they're doing and the philosophy and, and the, what we're going to do going forward. But cutting Naval Bowman was just a mistake. And, and I think he would have helped Ruben, regardless of the playing time, would have helped Ruben uh, be a mentor just like Patrick Willis was with him when he was behind Takeo Spikes. So, but uh, as far as uh, Foster, like I said, guys, I agree. Um, you know, it's, we got to let it play out. And the 49ers, they got to do what they got to do was best for the franchise. Now, both of you guys mentioned being sympathetic for the victim and her family. And there's nothing wrong with that. And But what I'm about to say might ruffle a little feathers, so I'm just going to preface it with that. But you see too many times with professional athletes and, and high-profile people where allegations like this come out and the the woman is, you know, making stuff up. Now, if it comes to light that this all happened – and a jury finds Reuben Foster guilty, I will feel sympathy for her and her family and, and what they've had to go through. But just me as a person and, and my perspective, after seeing these kinds of things so many times, I'm, I'm a bit of a skeptic just off the jump. That's my personal you know, viewpoint on, on these sorts of things. Innocent until proven guilty. Um, now, of course, if, if Reuben actually did this stuff and the physical evidence matches up with the allegations, then you got to throw away Reuben Foster and, uh, you know, get rid of the key and, and move on. And I'm fine with that if Reuben is guilty. But too many times you see the, the, the thing, you know, things weren't necessarily as bad or as heinous as, as, you know, initially reported. So that's why I am so big on due process and, and letting this trial play out before you make any kind of judgment on Reuben Foster. Um, at, at the moment, I, I don't feel one way or another about the woman involved. Let the, the details come out, let, let the jury make their decision. And then, you know, my opinion on, on the matter might change, but now I'm looking at it strictly from a legal viewpoint and a viewpoint as a 49er fan. 
And I know that that can be kind of harsh to hear, but, you know, I don't put it past anybody to lie about details of things. Uh, for all we know, Ruben could have, you know, lied to the 49ers about the details that happened. You know, they, they talked to Ruben after this, and they felt comfortable with what Ruben had to say about his, his accounts of what happened. So that's just kind of where I'm at with this. We need to let this play out before we make any kind of decision on Reuben Foster. Now, JP, I know you had some additional thoughts. What, what, are your, what do you have to say on this one? You know, I think that the, the whole tough thing about this situation is that the due process is, is just it just takes a long time for everything, for all the details to come out and all the investigations to go on and, and, and so forth. So I think I think that's the frustrating thing on on both sides, because there's, you know, people yelling in one ear, hey, you have to do something. You have to do something right now. This is, you know, you know, you have we need action right now. And then on the other hand, it's like, you know maybe maybe this is the same thing as as Tremaine Brock maybe you know I'm sure Brock went in there to, to you know um to the front office and was like yo look I'm innocent I'm innocent and you know sure shit he was you know what I mean and maybe Foster's doing the same thing he's like hey guys just let this play out let me, you know I'm innocent so on and so forth but I mean that's it's it's just it, it sucks because we have to wait and uh a lot of people are asking for action now and uh and you know it's 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 hard to do so. Um, another thing I want I wanted to mention, you know, when we first drafted him as well, we there's a reason why he dropped so far in the draft. I mean, he was number one linebacker in last year's draft. I think no question, really. And he dropped all the way to the bottom of the uh, of the first round. Um, there's a reason, you know what I mean? He was he had troubles. He you know he got kicked out of the combine and 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 all this and all that and. And I think I, I think uh, I don't think it's his character either, because, I mean, if if you saw any of the highlights or, or any of um, his interviews, he was he got along um, like great with the media. Um, everybody on the team thought he like he was he was he's he's the energy of the 49ers. He was happy laughing. So it's just kind of crazy seeing all this stuff come out, you know, um, you know, the weed allegations. He got you know pulled over for weed and and then this with his girlfriend. And it's. It's just it's kind of mind blowing. He's maybe he's a good manipulator. Who knows? But it's just it's kind of crazy to see. Um, and then another thing, I mean, the, I, I forever until the day I die will never understand this whole. I understand weed is legal in, in most states, but your employer is basically saying do not smoke any weed and we'll give you a shit ton of money. And for the fact that you still go out and smoke weed, it's. You know, it's kind of like, and don't get me wrong. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate for weed. You know, do, do what you need to do. I'm not, I'm not hating on it. But if you know, if someone says, "Hey, don't smoke weed, and we'll pay you millions of dollars," it's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna take the millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's, it's, it's neither here or there. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess it's just a waiting game. Just a waiting game now for, uh, Ruben Foster. I hope everything turns out because I mean. Uh, he was a hell of a linebacker. Like Tone was saying, though, he he, he was injured. You know, it, it seemed like every game he was coming off to the sideline with something or, or other, his ankle, his knee, whatever it may be. Um, he just needs to, you know, shape himself back up. And you're right, Tone. If, you know, I think if big brother Navarro Boma was there, I don't, I'm not sure if any of this would happen. Um, but uh, I guess it's only 
time only time will tell. So, and you never know, this might affect our draft coming up. So, who knows? All right, JD, what do you think? You know, I, we we've kind of hit this topic kind of long enough, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on on one more aspect of this really quickly. Uh, a lot of people have been bashing the Niners for their quote unquote hypocritical approach to this. Uh, they've cut guys, you know, quickly after issues, Tremaine Brock being the, the prime example. Um, but they're keeping Reuben Foster because of the fact that he is an immense talent. Now, some people, you know, say, why aren't you cutting Reuben? You, you know, you set the precedent with other players. You, you, you made a, a, you know, made a, a stand with other players and cut them right away and didn't let the process play out with them. You, you, you're promoting a zero tolerance, you know, policy for these kind of things. But because Reuben Foster is a potential all pro talent, he's staying on the team. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that because I think that is interesting. And it is a case by case basis. Uh, my personal take, I mean, Reuben Foster, I'm not going to lie. Reuben Foster is a hell of a football player. And uh, you really, you got to do your due diligence before you make a franchise altering move like that. You can call me a hypocrite, but you really do have to take it uh, case by case. Reuben Foster is a guy that you have to let this play out before you make that kind of a decision. Whereas Tremaine Brock and others aren't necessarily guys that, you know, we're going to stick around for this team for very long. So if they're going to bring that unwanted attention, it's an easy way to get rid of them and make it justified. Whereas Reuben Foster makes it a little bit tougher. So tone, what do you think about the, the, you know, quote unquote hypocrisy of the Niners on this one? Well, I, I, I honestly think it's a simple answer to that question. Um, Reuben Foster's under the Shanahan Lynch regime. You know, uh, when a new GM and a new head coach comes to a team and there's certain players with uh, that have baggage and have sketchy backgrounds and get in trouble with the law, if they're not a, a, a pro bowler, a, a top 10 player in that position or whatever kind of talent, you know, all pro or whatever, you know, it's easier to get rid of. Um, and they made that decision. Like I was saying earlier, with the Brock situation, to me, that was more of a football uh, move by Shanahan and Lynch with, uh, you know, outside of football problem. It was easier to cut him, clear up a roster space, get another guy that they wanted in there, and, you know, we can get rid of this guy. Ruben Foster is different. He's a, we traded up for him in the first round. He is a hell of a football player, and he's a guy who basically is the leader of that defense. And he, this is something that, you know, Shanahan and Lynch are monitoring, but, you know, the you know, the 49ers being hypocrites, when the due process is finished, the team will make the right decision. And that's what I truly believe. Um, you made a good point earlier. I wanted to touch, uh, touch back on, J.D., uh, when you say it could have been Ruben's a good uh, manipulator. He could have lied to the 49ers. And you're absolutely right. You brought up a great point I honestly did not even think about. But it is something to that the 49ers are monitoring. They are aware. But it doesn't make business sense at all to just go ahead 
and make that rash decision and just immediately get rid of this guy. Um, let the due process play out. So, but as as far as the hypocrites and all this, I I, I think it's just a simple answer when it comes to who's uh, who plays under what, you know, uh, and and also what the 49ers need to do is if they go ahead and set this precedence, um, now going forward, they have to set it that the 49ers let the process play out. Um, now we got a year under our belt under this regime. We'll go ahead and just let the process plays out. And then we'll go ahead and set another precedence on whether we cut a player or we try to get him help. The 49ers already did that under Harbaugh with Alden Smith. It didn't work out. Will the 49ers continue to do that or will they just make the swift decision after uh, the verdict is up? We will see. But there will be a new precedence, you know, that will be set. Um, you know, that's that. That's what I think with, with that answer. Uh, JP, what do you think, brother? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I think it's pretty simple with me. Um, I it, well, I, I mean, I guess it's uh, this is what I think. I I, I don't think Tremaine Brock was uh, was really in Shanahan's plans to begin with. Um, Shanahan and Lynch's plans, um, and I think that's why um, it was pretty easy <laughs> to get rid of him. So um, pretty simple. And I don't think you know Brock was a caliber player um, that Foster or even has the potential that Foster could be. So. I think it's just as simple as that. Um, you know, call it how it is. I think that that's probably one of the main reasons why why that's that that's the reason why. So, um, yeah. What do you think, JD? You know, I, I think we've kind of you know we've kind of covered this really well. I, I like that we each kind of have a similar opinion, but we also have different takes on this. Um, it it kind of encompasses the whole situation and. You know, end of the day, I think we all agree that you have to let this play out. And, uh, you know, I think we've I think we've kind of covered this enough. And I think now what Niner fans need to do and what the team is doing, they're looking ahead to the draft. We're less than two weeks away from the 2018 NFL draft and the San Francisco 49ers have the ninth overall pick. And uh, this this Reuben Foster news uh, may or may not influence the way the Niners approach that pick. And uh, with that, we're moving on to second down. All right, so second down. Like I just mentioned, the NFL draft is less than two weeks away. The Niners have a big decision to make at number nine overall. And uh, you can go a variety of different ways. Will the Reuben Foster uh, drama make the 49ers, you know, take a linebacker at nine? Will they go for an offensive lineman? Will they go for that oh-so-needed pass rusher? There's so many different ways that this team can go with the ninth overall pick in this draft. Uh, if, if I'm the one making the call, if, if JD's the one that's handing in the card to the, to the staff down there in Dallas where the NFL draft is being held and walking it up to the stage and then Roger Goodell announces the pick, if it was up to me, and, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, preface it by saying this. I would have made this pick before all the Reuben Foster drama. But if it was up to me and I was making this pick, the San Francisco 49ers would take Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia, 
with that ninth overall pick, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not because of the Ruben drama, although it does impact it. It does affect it. It makes the pick a little bit more, uh, you know, concrete for me. Ruben Foster was already having trouble staying on the field before all this drama was going on. And so you can't necessarily trust that Ruben's body was going to hold up for 16 weeks. So you need to take another linebacker, you know, to, to, to spell Ruben or to fill in for Ruben. Uh, or not only that, team up with Ruben. And this team, you know, this team was built on the backs of Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. The, those defenses were for ferocious. And you take Roquan Smith and you team him up potentially with Reuben Foster and you throw Malcolm Smith out there too in this 4-3 defense, that's a hell of a linebacking core. That's a rangy linebacking core. And in this league, you need to be able to move and cover. It's not all about stack and shed. Big, huge, burly linebackers, you know, going downhill and tackling running backs anymore. This is a passing league, and you need linebackers that can cover. And you team Roquan Smith with with Reuben Foster, I, I think, you know, as long as Reuben Foster doesn't do anything else stupid going forward, which that's a whole other topic, but just, just in the thought of having those two together for the next 10 years makes my mouth water. I, I want that. And Roquan Smith, to me – He's similar to Reuben Foster in that he's a smaller guy. Uh, Roquan has a little bit harder time getting off blocks. He's not he's not like Reuben, where Reuben is just reckless and it just throws his body around. Roquan Smith is a guy um, that needs to kind of be protected up front, and I think we have a you know a really solid D line building, uh, and I think that Roquan Smith playing behind that D line would be a perfect fit for this defense. Um, so that's my thoughts. I think the Niners should take Roquan Smith at nine. A lot of people think otherwise. JP, I know you have a different opinion on what the Niners should do with the ninth overall pick. Uh, you know, let, let us hear it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, since since this whole news came out, I know my, my thoughts have changed a little bit. Um, I'll let you guys know my thoughts before this whole foster drama came out. And, and don't get me wrong, JD, you made great points about Ro- Roquan Smith. I thought he, w- he would be a great pick at number nine. Um, but you know, we just got, you know, arguably one of, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've had since Garcia. Um, and we need, we need to protect him. Um, and, and I'm not saying anything, you know, I mean, towards the end of last year, that little, you know, uh, win streak that we went on, um, they played well, they played well. And even with injuries, I know, um, uh, Brown was out for a little bit. Um, Staley was out for a little bit, and and they, and, you know, people stepped up when they needed to step up. I know he had a um, he had a great uh, chemistry with Kilgore, who's now uh, no longer with us. He's over in Miami with uh, with Frankie G. But um, but I I think I think you know when you when you get a quarterback like Jimmy G, it just brings it all together. Um, so, but you you still need to protect your franchise quarterback. We just threw you know. Uh, the bank at at this guy and we need to protect him i know the big guard who's you know the best in the draft quentin nelson it's it's most likely he's not going to drop to us um but he's he's my he's my dream pick um he's he's one of those uh guys where you can just literally plug and play and he's going to be in the nfl he's going to be a solid guard in the nfl for the next 10 years you won't have to worry about that position for you know like I said, seven to 10 years to come. So having that type of insurance 
on top of, you know, uh, our quarterback, it's, it's kind of a a no brainer. Um, But then again, you know, this, this draft is really deep in, in guards um, and, and just offensive linemen in general. Um, So, you know, if, even if, you know, it could be unrealistic that we probably won't get Quinton Nelson that drops down to nine, he's most likely a top five. A lot of people are saying the bears might pick him right before us. Um, You know, the Broncos Colts, who, who knows even higher, but um that that's who I think. But you know, there is there is some guards that are that are far farther down the draft that you know I, I wouldn't mind picking up either. There's um uh, I think his name's Hernandez from uh from U uh UTEP. Um there's there's a couple other guards that that we can we can snag or even you know some tackles, you know, there's that that tackle from Texas. Um whose name is slipping me at the moment. Oh, Connor Williams. Yeah, Connor Williams. Um so you know, this I, I I personally would like that. That would be great. I mean, even if you look back to the Harbaugh days, you know, we had we had a beastly old line um, that that got us through. But then again, I mean, JD, you also made a good point. You can flip it on the defensive side, and the reason why we were so balling, and you know, when we had and the Harbaugh when we made it to the Super Bowl on that is we had those two dominant linebackers, Willis and and um, and Bowman. So I mean, that's also a good point. Um, I'm I'm not too a lot of people that I've been talking to have wanted to take a corner or some type of DB, but that's also really deep in the draft. Um, there's a couple of corners that I would like to take uh, later on in the draft. Um, so yeah, Quentin Nelson is my dream pick, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind like a a, a Rokon Smith. Um, that that would also be good, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. What do you think, Tone? Who uh, who do you have your eye on in this draft? Well, I, I, I'll say this. Um, isn't it great, guys, that we don't have to look at the quarterback prospects and, and have a wishful, dreamy, you know, thoughts of who's going to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, it feels damn good. And, JP, I, I'll even take it a step further with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll, I'll say even uh, the best quarterbacks and Steve Young, even better than Garcia. And, and, and just a quick reason why is because he's a pure pocket passer uh, where uh, Jeff Garcia was uh, very sporadic. Uh, he was erratic. He, he would jump. You know, he had those passes where he would lift both feet up in the air. And I love Jeff Garcia. Don't get me wrong. Forever will love him. Um, but I, I think Garoppolo has the talent to be even the best since Steve Young. But uh, as far as the draft, I'm going to take it a, a, another direction. Um, you guys make great points. I would love both of those guys, especially Smith. Um, I think that would be a great uh, addition, uh, especially even I, I would thought it was a great decision before this Ruben Foster news, but especially after the Ruben Foster news, I think that would be the safe bet to go. Plus, best player available. Why not? But I'll I'll say this: Why not trade back? If there's a a a, a chance to be able to grab more picks, uh, get more picks for next year. Do it the old Bill Walsh way. Do how the Patriots do nowadays. Why not trade back? If there's a chance to do it, why not? I mean, uh, uh, John Lynch already showed what he can get in a trade. I mean, the, the trade with the Bears last year's draft was just pure robbery. Why not? You know, so I would say, you know, go best player available. Um, I love the Smith idea. I mean, that that to me, that would, that would be a dream pick. Um, you know, short the offensive line, like you said, JP, 
that well, I'll be very excited for that, even though that's not the sexy pick. But we had that when uh, Mike Singletary drafted uh, Upati and uh, Anthony Davis. Um, you know, I will say, though, I would like to trade back. That's the one thing I, would, I wouldn't I would be mad at. I know everybody would be at the draft party and, and, and <laughs> getting ready for the pick. But, hey, if we can get more picks and still pick the uh, top player on our draft board, why not? I think that would be uh, that would be something I would look forward to as well. That's definitely an interesting perspective. But if we were to trade back, who would you want us to take? Ah, uh, you know, as far as the draft goes, I mean, it's I'm not really good at mock drafts. I, I would say I, I would look for uh, I would look for offensive line. If we're going to go ahead and move back, um, because you can always get offensive line in the middle or the late first. Um, but I would look for, you know, grabbing another second, uh, grabbing next year, you know, maybe a mid round, you know, a mid draft pick. Um, but, yeah, I would like to shore up this offensive line, something to fit the Shanahan uh, uh, offense, you know, the, the more athletic guards. The uh the ones that can move, um, that that's what I will go with. As far as like the draft, I, I can't really say. It, it's uh, it's just hard for me to say with the mock drafts because anything goes. We know what it, whatever we study on the mock drafts, draft day is always different. So, but I I would definitely want to get the non sexy pick with the offensive lineman. Okay, okay, that's. You know, that's definitely a possibility. I, I think the Niners very well could be a team that trades back from that ninth pick uh, because there's so many quarterbacks in this draft, and there's teams with multiple first-round picks that want to move up. There, You know, the Bills want a quarterback. There's rumors that the Patriots want to get a quarterback early. The Arizona Cardinals want to get a quarterback. If we can make another John Lynch special and, and move back and acquire, you know, a, a good value of picks, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I'm, I'm good with it, but – um, I like that we all kind of had different, you know, different opinions on what this team should do with the ninth pick. Um, but with that said, next week's episode is going to be really draft heavy because it'll be, you know, just a number of days away from the NFL draft. So if you're if you're here for some some draft uh, analysis, draft preview talk, be sure to tune in next week because that's what's going to be, you know, on our minds here on the Forever Faithful podcast. Uh, but with that, I want to move on to something here. In third down, that is, uh, you know, some we want to kind of, you know, go over this real quick. Uh, a little bit of a free agency review. Uh, I know that free agencies, you know, kind of been wrapped up for a little bit now, but it's something that I feel like we should talk about because I feel like the Niners had a, a pretty solid free agency, if I do say so myself. And of course, you know, you start that off with the acquisition of. Richard Sherman. That was the one that broke the internet. That was the one that, that broke 49er Twitter. Richard Sherman coming to this team was mind-blowing. Uh, we all know the story. We all know the backstory. We know the history between Richard Sherman and the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks and that whole thing. So I'm not going to beat that one, you know, like a dead horse. But bringing Richard Sherman to this team – just from a football perspective, is, is, is really, really interesting to me. You don't know how Richard Sherman 
is going to recover from that Achilles injury. You don't know if at 30 years old, if he's even going to be the same kind of player. But he does have that experience. He is a guy that can mentor the youngsters, including Akella Witherspoon. And he knows this system because he played with Robert Sala, you know, as, as a coach up there in Seattle. So, I, you know, aside from the fact that, that I personally don't like Richard Sherman for all those, those reasons that everybody knows about, I can't bash the Niners for making that move. And that's hard. That's a hard pill for me to swallow because I really don't like Richard Sherman. Um, that to me was the biggest move that the Niners made in free agency. And I'm curious to see what, what, what you guys think about, you know, some of our other free agent moves or, you know, your, your opinion on Sherman, uh, JP, what, what stood out to you in free agency this year? No. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, uh, I don't think this, uh, free agency was, was definitely a sexy free agency. I know a lot of people on Twitter were, you know, uh, bashing John Lynch and, and whatnot, like sign this person, sign that. I mean, a lot of people were, I mean, including you, JD, we were all hyped up. Uh, myself included was hyped up with Allen Robinson. You know, we want, we want a wide receiver. We need someone that can, you know, big red zone thread and, and whatnot. And, and, and that sexy stuff didn't happen, but you know, what did happen? The necessities happened. I think that's, that's what the Niners needed and the necessities really came out and that's, and, and that's what we got. Um, uh, I'll touch on Richard Sherman in a little bit, but I want to get to the other guys. I think Jared McKinnon, that's one of the guys that was at the top of my list personally, as far as running backs, I knew um, Carlos Hyde wasn't going to come back. Um, so I think Jared McKinnon fits Shanahan's offense perfectly. I mean, if you look at his offense in Atlanta, I mean, you can compare, um, you know, the running backs with Atlanta to, you know, to, to McKinnon. It's, it's, it's pretty similar, especially with Matt Breida, what we had with Matt Breida, who was, who was a great surprise last year. Um, a little one-two punch with Breida and, and McKinnon. I think that would be great. Um, but he, he was definitely at the top of my list. I'll, I'll be honest, the two people at the, the two running backs at the top of my list was Deion Lewis and, and Jared McKinnon. And um, I'm just happy we picked up McKinnon. Um, he's young. He's quick. Um, and, and, you know, when, when he did have flashes, I know he split carries uh, last year with, with Minnesota. But when he, when, he got, when he got his touches, he definitely took advantage of them. Um, and, and he stepped up big time. Um, another acquisition we made was uh, Richburg, the, the, the center from, um, from New York. I thought that was a great pickup. Um, I, I, and I know, I know a lot of people uh, were um, skeptical about this. He was, he was injury prone for sure. Um, I know he was injured last year, but before, I think, I think before last year, I think, uh, he, you know, he was, he was, he was pretty consistent, but I, people were scared of the injury. Um, but if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's, he's, he's a legit, he's a legit, you know, starter. Um, and that, that whole situation with Kilgore, I know, you know, we signed him to a long-term deal. Um, and then, you know, I think there was a clause in his contract three days going into the new season. If he's still on the team, he gets a big bonus. And right before that three days hit, we sent, shipped him off to um, shipped him off to Miami, signed Richburg, and just the, th those guys are geniuses signing those contracts and and whatnot. Um, it's just it just boggles my mind how they how they do that stuff. It's it's great, but um, but no, I thought that was a great pickup. And uh, of course, Richard Sherman. Uh, God, man, I hate him just as much as the next guy. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I can live down that uh, that playoff. Um, 
post game playoff interview. I, I just I legit wanted to jump through the TV and knock his teeth in. But uh, but hey, he's a Niner now. Um, and, and it, it, look at it in the realistic standpoint. I mean, I think it's great. Yes. He's coming off an injury. Um, the contract that again, I mean, you can look up the, I know he, he, you know, he negotiated his own contract and, uh, he didn't have an agent agent with him, which, Hey, more power to him more, you know, I, I know he, he wanted more, uh, NFL players to do that more power to him. That's great. Um, if they do, if all contracts turn out like that, that will be fantastic for the clubs. Um, but realistically yes he's coming off an injury but if he can be um you know anywhere close that he was uh, a couple years ago i think i think we've got to steal um you know i think i think he can mentor some 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 of our young corners uh especially witherspoon who i'm i'm really high on i love witherspoon um and even some of the safeties i mean you know adrian colbert the seventh round pick from florida last year he he played out of his mind he was he was amazing especially towards the end of the season um, I think he can he can mentor him and and even not not only just the secondary but just as a team. Um, as much as we hated on Richard Sherman, he was a great teammate and a great motivator. Um, I don't know if you guys read the article, but he was at Foster's hearing. Uh, he was there to support him, and he you know basically said you know Foster has no family here. I'm just here to support my guy, and and that that him saying that means a lot, and it says a lot for him, um, and it says a lot for the Niners signing him. You know what I mean? Um, to have that type of guy in the locker room, having Foster's back when, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I doubt he's even, even met him, um, yet, you know what I mean? Um, to have a guy like that in the locker room is great. Um, so to recap, I think this, this, uh, the free agency was great. Um, it was, it was a necessity is what we needed. Um, and it wasn't the sexy Allen Robinson, um, so on and so forth. So, uh, I, I thought it was great. Uh, Tom, what do you think? What do you think of this uh, offseason? I think this free agency period has been absolutely great um, for the 49ers. And I don't want to sound like a homer, but to me, I've been totally satisfied with what the 49ers have done. And to me, they also exceeded expectations. Like you said, JP, with the McKinnon. I mean, to get a back like that, um, that will fit the Shanahan offense, and then you have Brita as well. Um, I mean, the, the the possibilities are endless. Um, I'm very excited. Um, you know, the uh, Richard Sherman thing, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The hatred comes from the rivalry with the Seahawks and everything that the, the two teams, the, the physicality, the trash talking, and the divisional rivalry, and, of course, the fan bases. Um, but as far as Richard Sherman's character and, and the type of person he is and what he stands for, I, I hope 49er fans or anybody that's listening to this podcast, when we say we hated him, it, it wasn't a personal thing. It, 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 when we say the word hate in sports, it's, it's, the sports term is for what they do on the field. And, and, and getting a character guy like this at, at a football standpoint I think it's really big, especially like you said, with the coming to the foster, um, you know, hearing, you know, he barely even knows the guy and he's going ahead and supporting his guy and showing him that we are there. We are here to support you. Um, you know, the, I, I believe the move, I was totally happy. First of all, um, as far as the move go, I, I just thought, it, you know, not to plug 
my baseball team, but this is kind of what the Oakland A's do. Um, they did it with Frank Thomas in 2006, you know, an older player, guy that's got cut by uh, his old team, his longtime team, and then comes out and proves everybody wrong and has the, one of the best years of his career. We'll see, you know, what uh, Richard Sherman kind of year he has with us or if he even plays this year you know i think he will but i mean this is a low risk high reward type of move and you have to give parag marate all the credit everybody's finally learning who this guy was but us real niner fans have known what this guy has done since the mike nolan days um, when we were still in cap hell from terry donahue and all of that so as far as the, the contract i love it Richard Sherman, the type of guy he is, I love it. And also, the rivalry, my, you know, just my opinion, um, and I, I got some hate on my YouTube comments when I made the video for uh, the Richard Sherman signing, was, you know, this this guy, we were supposed to hate him, and I hated him in a football sense, but always appreciated the talent and always, always said, you know, I would love that guy to be on our team, regardless of how I feel about the rivalry. Just like I'm sure other fans with the Golden State Warriors, how they feel about Draymond Green, you know, he's a guy that you hate him, but you want him on, you want that type of guy on your team. And Richard Sherman's a guy who, you know, had the beef with Harbaugh, had the beef with Crabtree. You know, those guys are gone. Those That era is gone, you know. And I, I think this new era to re-spark this rivalry, because let's be honest, the last few years, the Seahawks, since that NFC Championship game, there hasn't been a rivalry. It's been one-sided. I think this type of move does, you know, re-spark that kind of uh, rivalry, kind of excitement going to the games versus Seattle. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm very happy with the move. And I think it fits uh, the, our defense, the philosophy. He knows the defense like the back of his hand already. Uh, Witherspoon, is gonna, he's going to take him under his wing. Um, very high on him. Uh, I, I, I just... I think with the whole Ruben Foster thing, being the leader of the defense, you know, this would be Foster's second year in the defense. To get a guy like Richard Sherman, if Foster is not in there uh, taking control of the defense, I, I think everybody will gravitate towards Richard Sherman. And, and he, he's a vocal leader. He's a guy who makes the plays, um, knows the system, and, and kind of, you know, be the big brother to everybody on that defense. So I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, I, I was very excited. And yeah, I hated him too, but there was a sense that I, if we, if there was a time to get this guy, you know, I would always say yes, let's get him. So, and we did. We pulled the trigger. We went in hand, got the low risk, high reward type of contract. And you know what else is there? If he doesn't pan out, it costs what five million dollars at the most whatever the contract was, I mean, you have to get a guy like this because if he comes 100% healthy and with his, the way he plays with a chip on his shoulder, oh man, he's going to be, he, this is going to be a, the steal of the whole free agency. So I'm very happy. Um, and, you know, and I also, you know, I'm a Stanford fan, so I remember him in college. So and I always wanted him, but you know, Harbaugh uh, didn't see eye to eye with me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm very happy with uh, with the free agency. Um, and hey, you know, what about this uh, Des Bryant move? Uh, what's going on with him? 
I mean, if we're looking to uh, do anything, not saying the 49ers are interested, but, hey, from a fan standpoint where we live in a fantasy world, I mean, you know, why not? I mean, who's to say what he can do in the type of Shanahan offense? Or if, going back to our last topic with the draft, hey, you know, maybe we look at wide receivers. So, I, you know, as far as what we've done already, brothers, I absolutely love it. I, I, I'm very satisfied with this free agency. Yeah, I mean, uh, this free agency wasn't super flashy unless you consider Richard Sherman flashy. But uh, it was really solid. They, they covered a lot of bases. And I just want to make a couple quick points on, on a couple other acquisitions that we made. Um, Jonathan Cooper, the guard that we acquired, uh, who played with the Cowboys and, and, and prior to that, the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Cooper is a really underrated signing to me. This team desperately needs better play on the interior of that offensive line. And, and bringing in Jonathan Cooper on a, you know, on a prove-it contract, to me, you know, I applaud John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for that move. Um, Jonathan Cooper's issue has never been his ability. The dude can play. If you go back last year and you watch the Niners and Cowboys game, it pains me to say this, but Jonathan Cooper handed DeForest Buckner his ass in that game. Jonathan Cooper is a guy who, who is a mauler. He's a really solid guard, but his issue is he can't stay healthy. So this prove-it contract we gave him, one-year deal, I believe, you know, it, it's going to give Jonathan Cooper that, that, that chance to prove that he can stay on the field. It's going to give the Niners – that guard that they desperately need to help protect, you know, the $137 million man in Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a win-win situation for the Niners. It, it, you know, if, if it pans out, it's going to be a really good signing. And you're going to be pairing him with the right guard in, 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 in uh, you know, Josh Garnett, who is a whole other topic in, in himself. But this team is looking to really, uh, you know, improve that interior of the offensive line. And by bringing in Jonathan Cooper, you know, it's not super flashy. It's not this big name that you're going to see, uh, you know, sprawled across, you know, ESPN's front page. But Jonathan Cooper, to me, was a really solid signing. And, I, you know, I want to see how, how he can help this offensive line. Um, and real quick, I wanted to chime in on the Jarek McKinnon signing. Uh, I made a video on my YouTube channel at Hawk Hater TV uh, prior to free agency and I named off a couple of running backs that I thought this team was going to go after because obviously we know that Carlos Hyde wasn't a fit for, for Kyle Shanahan's offense. So you knew that they were going to address the running back position, you know, heading into this next season. Jarek McKinnon was high on my list of running backs that this team, you know, should go after. And I, when I saw that we signed him, I was absolutely ecstatic. This guy is explosive, guys. He can, he can do everything. He can, he can run between the tackles. He can run that zone, you know, one cut scheme. He can bounce outside. He can stay inside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can even return, you know, punts and kicks if you need him to. Jarek McKinnon to me is, is a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's scheme. A lot of people are criticizing the amount of money we're giving this guy. I mean, Jarek McKinnon is now one of the top five highest paid running backs in the, in the league. And that is a little bit alarming but for what I feel he's going to be for this team this year and, and going forward, I'm not bothered by how much money they paid him. They, they front-loaded the contract. He's getting $12 million this year. So it's basically saying, hey, we're giving you the money right now. Show us what you can do. You know, if, if it pans out, he's going to be worth every penny. 
And if it doesn't, they structure the deal in a way where it's not going to kill this team going forward. So I think Jarek McKinnon is going to be a Swiss Army knife for Kyle Shanahan, um, similar to what Kyle Juszczyk was. Not not saying that Kyle Juszczyk is this amazing athlete, but Kyle Juszczyk is really, really versatile, and he can do a lot of different things. And that's what Kyle Shanahan hangs his hat on in terms of personnel. He wants guys that can do a, a variety of different things. And Jarek McKinnon is going to be, in my opinion, an absolute stud for this team. Um, do you guys have any additional thoughts on, on the free agency period? Yeah, I, I, I'll say one thing with that, brother, is you came up with a great point. Um, it's the way the deals are structured. See, a lot of times people are saying, hey, uh, you know, you guys are giving Jimmy Garoppolo this type of money with only five games. Or you're giving this type of money to McKinnon. Or you're giving this type of money. You know, it's like calm down. That's why you have to give credit to Parag Marate. Okay. He, he, you know, forget what back in the day what the Razor and Mr. T on KNBR used to say, or even Damon Bruce when he was on KNBR back in the day. You know, that Parag knows what he's doing when it comes to the salary cap. He knows what he's doing when it comes to contracts. I mean, look at the Kaepernick uh, a contract. I mean, we would be in, we would be hurting tremendously right now if we didn't have Parag negotiating the way he does and getting the type of contract that Kaepernick signed. Same thing with the McKinnon. Go ahead. We got all this salary cap room. Go ahead, front load it. We'll go ahead and take care of the back end. If, if it doesn't work out, it won't hurt us. We can always cut ties. You know, Garoppolo got his getting his money this year. You know, next couple years, I believe his uh, cap number is pretty high. And then I think it's after the third or fourth year, you know, the, the guarantee and all that, it's all, all goes down. So, I mean, just the way these deals are structured, it, it doesn't hinder our franchise. And, and I think uh, our front office has done a tremendous job in, in keeping it that way. So regardless of the good years or the bad years, the 49ers are not really uh, have to worry. They don't have to ever worry about being in salary cap hell. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love the contracts that we sign. If we have the money to spend it, Go ahead and spend it, but spend it smartly, and that's what the 49ers have, 49ers have done. Uh, JP, what do you think? No, yeah, I totally agree. These, like, like I mentioned earlier, um, these contracts have been just amazing, and and you know the way they they're they're structured, like you were talking about, is just has been on point. Um, and just like I was saying with that 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 whole thing with Kilgore before we traded him away to Miami. You know, he was due a good, I don't know, anywhere from, you know, some type of roster bonus um, from being on the team the third day of uh, the league year. And sure shit, right before the third day hits, we, sh- we ship him off to Miami. So it's just, it, you know, it's geniuses, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, and to touch real, real quick, real quick back onto uh, the, um, the McKinnon thing. Um, if you're right, he's, he's a perfect fit. If he can be anything uh like Devontae Freeman was with Shanahan back in, in in Atlanta I think I think we that money that we did give him that people are complain, complaining about I think there will be no issue um with people complaining then you know if he's anything close to what Devontae Freeman is and you can you know Devontae Freeman is a top five running back in the league so um you never know man you never know you we just got to wait and see how it pans out but I, I definitely think that McKinnon could be up there I mean fantasy wise you know, you, he's going to be getting a lot of touches. 
So if, if, if any of you fantasy people out there, you're looking for, if, especially PPR, he's catching out of the backfield like JD was talking about. If you're looking for a running back, he's your guy. Definitely keep an eye on him. So um, back to you, JD. You know, just to, you know, I, I feel we, we, we covered this really well. I, I feel that, uh, we, you know, we all mentioned kind of different things. And, uh, I, you know, overall, just to put a bow on it, I think the Niners had a really solid free agency. And I think it's going to pay big dividends for this team, not in a flashy way, but it's going to pay big dividends for this team going forward. Um, with that, you know, we've covered the Reuben Foster news. We've hit a little bit on what this team is going to do in the draft. And we put a bow on free agency. So with that, that brings us to fourth down. All right, guys, fourth down. Ordinarily, what we're going to do here on the Forever Faithful podcast when we reach fourth down, you know, as we get the ball rolling, we want to reserve fourth down to interact with you, the faithful, you, the 49er fans. And we're still going to, you know, we're coming up with ways to interact with all the faithful, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, comments, what have you. We want to, we want to touch bases with the faithful. We want you guys to be a part of this show because just like us, you are part of the 49er faithful. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't be making this if we didn't want to, you know, involve everybody. So moving forward, fourth down, we, uh, you know, we will be definitely being, you know, interactive and, and social and, and all that with, with you guys. Uh, next week's episode, we will have more details on where you can find us all the avenues that you can reach us and listen to the podcast and reach out to us and connect with us. Um, so be, be sure to tune in next week with all those details, you know, in mind. Uh, and with that guys, I think we did a really good job, you know, I, for our first show, you know, I'm glad we did this guys. Um, I feel that, uh, this is going to be a good thing. And I feel that the Niner fans out there are really going to enjoy this podcast. So, uh, JP, man, you got any, any thoughts to, to wrap this thing up? No, man, it's exciting. Like you said, it's kind of like finally coming around and we're, you know, 10 years, nine years in the making. Uh, it's good, man. I thought it, I thought it went well. Um, hopefully you guys liked it. All you Niner fans are listening, Niner Faithful, Niner Empire. Um, let us know what you think and hopefully we can uh, we can get the ball rolling and really get some interaction with you guys. That's the main thing, you know, uh, like J.D. was saying, if we if we can interact with you guys and get your guys' thoughts, um, it will bring on some good conversation here in the podcast and hopefully something that you guys like would like listening to. So um, I had fun tone. I'm sure you had fun. Um, and hopefully we can, uh, we can, we can get this going again. what you think tone? Yeah, I agree. 110%. Um, I think this uh, podcast went great. Um, this definitely nine, 10 years in the making, like you said, um, I know we talked about this, um, you know, whether it be at games or socially, um, you know, outside of uh, 49er seasons, um, I think it went great. And I absolutely would love to uh, more interaction, you know, in the coming podcast uh, with uh, different fans, uh, give us uh, different perspectives. Uh, that's what and, and that was the uh, cool thing about this podcast uh, today for our very first episode is, you know, there was a lot of grievance. I know we're not always going to agree on everything, but whether we agree, we always came from a different perspective and, uh, you know, just listening to your guys' uh, comments and thoughts. And uh, I feel, I'm sure you guys feel the exact same way as I do. Um, definitely, you know, made me think about things. And so 
if we can interact with the fans, um, you know, other people want to call in or however we're going to do it, uh, I would definitely love to uh, see what other people's thinking, you know, see what their mindset is at and, uh, you know, show us a different perspective. And if they got any suggestions as well, you know, we're always uh, open ears. Um, yeah, I, I think this is uh, a long time coming, um, but I, I, it's a very bright future. Um, and I, I'm just so proud and happy that uh, I'm a part of this and uh, with you guys. And I, it went really well. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Episode one of the off season here on the Forever Faithful podcast, a podcast for the faithful by the faithful. Again, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be draft heavy because it's right before the draft. We're going to give you guys our thoughts on what the Niners, you know, should do. Uh, you know, with their picks, kind of the directions we can go, positions we can fill, that kind of thing, and, and all the other Niner news that's going to happen between now and then. Uh, here on the Forever Faithful Podcast, where, you know, it, we're here for you guys. We're, we're just, you know, we're, we're part of the faithful just like you guys. So if you want to hear about it, we're going to talk about it. With that said, we will catch you guys next week. I'm JD. Uh, that was my boy Frisco, a.k.a. JP and 49er Tone here with the Forever Faithful Podcast. And you know what it is. It's one team, one family, one goal.